This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective Everything revolves around the head. That, that's like that's like your gold card there. The head is your gold card. You got to have that first. That voice that you hear there is Miss Natalie Aiken. Today, we're going to hear about Ben Show tips that can help you get your dog ready for the next event. Make sure you got your pen and your paper ready to take some notes. And she goes over a few tips that will help you get ready. I hope you really enjoy this episode as much as I did producing it. And I hope you gain something from it just like I did. Hopefully we will have Miss Natalie back for more tips and tricks in the future as time will allow. Thank you for joining us today on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Today we have Miss Natalie Atkin with us and we're going to talk about Bit Show Hounds. Miss Natalie, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Just fine. Won't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Um, I'm a, I'm from Astoria, Illinois. That's um, about an hour west of Peoria, Illinois. It's not a very big town. It's like 1,100 people. I'm an occupational therapist. I, I work with people, the elderly people. Um, I really love it. it. It's probably, it goes a lot with the hounds. Um, you know, you got to work the patients to, uh, to get them to be able to go home. And they have to be strong and, you know, so where their balance is, is good. So I use a lot of uh, what I've learned in, in hounds. I, I mean, I use a lot of the different techniques uh, as far as strengthening and different things to get them motivated to to go to be able to go home. So that's that's one of my passions is is working with uh, people and animals. Um, I have two kids. I have Belle Adkins. She's uh, she just turned 17, and my son Hunter. He just turned 15. They're both big into sports. Belle only plays basketball. She plays travel basketball and then high school basketball. She's playing basketball like nine months out of the year. And Hunter does everything. He does basketball, baseball, um, track, and football is his, his major. So I'm, I'm pretty busy with the hounds, kids, and my work. So Yeah, I would say so. Our son started playing basketball this year, and by the time it was over, I was like, I need a break. So <laughs> I can only imagine having two kids involved in that much and traveling around showing the hounds. That's yep. That's going to keep you busy. So tell us, uh, tell us how you got involved in dealing with coonhounds. So when I was 13, my sister Dawn, she had um, tree and walker coonhounds. I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world to put a hound on a bench and make them stand there. Like I, I thought it was just so dumb. But I started messing with them a little bit. And I entered my first show um, in 1990 at, I think it was Casey, Illinois, and I won Best of Show, and I got hooked. Like, it was in my veins, and it still is to this day, so. Well, kind of the same way with, you know, with hunting is you go out, and you hunt, you tree a coon, and you're kind of hooked, so I can definitely see just what little bit I've messed with working with dogs on bench. Mm -hmm. Once you get one to do what you want, I can see where you could get hooked on it pretty quick. 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So what kind of events have you won over the years? Um, let's see. I think back. I won at Walker Days many times, like Queen of Show, King of Show. I won National Grand in 2001 and 2003, uh, National Grand in 2019, the World Show in 2019, or Opposite Sex, sorry, Opposite Sex in uh 2019 opposite sex in 1998 or 97 i can't remember but um lots of winter classic breeds never won overall until uh last year 2020 uh wendy um she won uh, grand american and then turned around and won uh winter classic overall so those were very special wins. those two special wins for me because i had been chasing them for like 31 years and i finally got the two overalls. Those are, those were my last two major events to win. So okay, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's that's quite a resume, and that's what I wanted to do. Make sure people understand we're talking to people that are serious about getting out and and showing their hounds. So I'm getting into coon hounds, and I'm I'm gonna maybe show the dog, and I'm maybe gonna hunt the dog, and I'm going mm-hmm. to look at it. Would you recommend getting a puppy? to start with or a dog yeah. that's already grown? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, if you're younger, I mean, and have one, you know, I would try to get one that's like kind of already broke and then like have, you know, go to like the bigger events and watch like the big, you know, the national level handlers show. And I mean, if, if you have um, enough confidence to, you know, go up to that national level handler and ask them questions or have them, you know, step aside when they have time, uh, to just show you a few things because most national level handlers are going to give their time. So, yeah, with my short experience with bench showing, that has been my experience. If you ask them when they have time, they will show you a, a few tips here and there. Mm-hmm. So, if I decide I'm going to get a puppy, is there something in the litter that you're looking for? Are you looking straight into show stock, or if you want a dual purpose hound? Is there, is there certain things we need to be looking for for these puppies? So when I when I have a litter of pups, the first thing I look at is color. Um, because really, you know, when they're born, that's really, I mean, size of their head, you know, structure of their bone. Um, those are about the things that you can look at. And you kind of like, you know, they all pretty much look alike at that age. And then when they start growing, like four, when they start walking in like four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, when you can start like setting them up and stuff, that's when you can kind of narrow down to like, the, the shoulder angle, the rear end angle, the top line, um, how the ear rolls and how it's, you know, just sets on the head. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, we got our, our puppy or our, or our, our young dog and, and we have it at the house and we've messed with it a little bit. And what, what steps do we need to take? Like take us from A to Z, you know, A being the most basic thing of how to get that dog ready or that puppy ready to start working it on the bench and maybe even go into some of the patients. Cause it, like, like we talked before we hit record here, I've been working some of my young dogs on the bench and you have to have the patience of Job to be able to do this, or at least with my dogs you do anyway. Yeah. So I, I say the younger, the better, but that's just me. I, I would rather work. Um, Cause if, if it's my litter, like the one that I pinpoint that I really like are like the top three of, of my picks, I will literally start putting them on my lap at like two weeks old. Kid you not. And from there, I mean, they just, it's just so much easier to get them when they 
first start, you know, when they're like two, three weeks old to get that muscle memory and everything. But the, literally the first, if, if I get like a six, seven, eight, even a year old dog, it doesn't matter what age they are. I always start with their head. If, if they hold it even a second, they get, you know, they get petted up, they get um, awarded for it, they get a treat, something. But like I start, I like do it like 10 times. And if they hold their head straight and still, it doesn't matter if it's up, don't matter if it's down, as long as they keep it center of their body, they get rewarded for it. And then eventually they'll just start holding their head. And when to the point when they do hold their head for like longer periods of time, then I start setting their feet. And when they uh, don't, you know, don't move their feet and their head, then they get rewarded. And then I just kind of work back to their back feet. But also I've learned here probably in the last five years, what the, um, I started working my puppies and, and older dogs on what they call a puppy bent. So it's like, you can use like, you can use anything for like to stack them on. So you can use like cans, um, like vegetable cans and take four vegetable cans and stack them up and then put their, set their feet on each one of them. And if they try to step off, of course, they're going to fall. So that that's another good technique um, is that. But they have, they, they sell puppy benches all over the place. So yeah. And, and then just from there, you just start kind of putting them all together, making all the pieces work together. And then, but it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, you have to dedicate yourself to that dog. I mean, it's, you know, when I'm really in training mode, you know, they get work three, four, five times a day, not very long periods until they get older. And then when they, you know, when they get older, you know, they might get work three times a day, no more than five minutes. And then when they get it, like, you know, they're not going to break or anything. They don't get worked. I mean, probably until like two or three weeks before a national level show for me. Um, if you're showing them every weekend, I, and they're like completely broke. I do not recommend like working them maybe until like the night before because they can get burnt out very easily. Okay. So you start off with that young dog up to a mm-hmm. year old or so and you work yeah. strictly on getting that head to stay mm-hmm. still first yes. before you ever move to any of the rest of the body exactly okay and then you go front feet back feet and so yep. on from there okay yep. is, is there any other than stacking the cans and and our puppy bench is there any other secrets or techniques that someone could do to help them along maybe they got one that is you know it'll stand still for a minute but it's moving around is it just repetition that they need to work on or is there something they could could do yeah repetition's big just I mean if they move their foot put it right back where it was if they keep moving their feet you know don't don't pet them up or the biggest thing with dogs is is like rewarding them they love rewards and and they'll do anything for you know a pet or something but yeah just if they keep moving their foot keep moving it back until they get it right and then when they get it right even if it's for like I said a second or two you pet them up they will respond to that um, reward. Okay. So with a young dog, and I'm going to use my puppy that I've been working on the bench, for example, whenever I get ready to work her during the day or in the afternoon, I let her out and let her run. Is that a good idea to let them exert some energy before you start working them? Is that common practice? Absolutely. I mean, if you have a hyper dog, absolutely. If you want to turn loose, I mean, and and you want that in your regimen, that's fine. Now for me, I just take him right out of the kennel and take him 
to the bench. But that's, I mean, that's, everybody has different things. But yeah, I mean, I never thought about that. But yeah, that's, that's a great idea um, to just let them and blow off steam before you even get them on the bench. Yeah, well, my mine, she will not stay there if you don't let her, I, I let her run for about an hour. I, I, I live way out in the country and I, I let them, I let her and her sister out and I let them run for mm-hmm. about an hour. And then I start working her. Her sister has a bad problem wanting to lay down every time I put her on the bench. She, the other one would just jump up there and she's ready to do. But the sister wants to lay down every time I get her up there. So with her, what I would do, I wouldn't even let her jump up there if that's exactly what she's, she immediately gets on the bench and just lays down. I would say just, you know, kind of just let her stand by the bench, take her front feet and place them on the bench and then grab her like between her back legs and like bring her up, like pick her up and just kind of hold like one hand under her chest and one hand under her rear and then just kind of pet her up and, and make her stand there. So she knows that's what she's supposed to do, not lay down. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. I'm here today to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cocky's Outdoors. Whether you need a few dog collar or the whole setup, they can fix you up. They have a wide range of products from hound hunting to fishing. My friends over at Conkey's Outdoors can help you out. You can order online at conkeysoutdoors.com. Call them at 904-692-1568, 904-692-1568, or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, go buy and see them. Again, that's at conkeysoutdoors.com because we support people who support our way of life. So maybe I've been coon hunting for a while and I went out and I bought a dog that has a show champion title on it. it, but maybe the dog hasn't been showed in a while and I want to go into showing or start working on some showing. Is there some techniques that you can do with an older dog that's been there, done that before, but maybe hasn't been showed in a while? Kind of like, you know, coon hunting, you start hunting them and kind of getting them back in the groove. They've been laid up for a while. Yeah. So I would, I would start with the same regimen. I would see what, you know, kind of what they, what they're doing and, and how far advanced they are. If they're holding their head, great. You know, but I will start off with their head to see if they're moving it and stuff. We work on that first thing. It's always the head because the head leaves the body. Um, if the dog's like turning its head toward you, it's most likely their body's going to turn toward you too. So, you, so that's why you want that head to be in line with their spine. So they're always looking ahead, never to the right, never to the left. So I work on that first thing, regardless of how broke they are. If, if they haven't been shown in a while, I will start with their head and then their feet, you know, the front feet and their back feet. If they're turning out in the front, you know, you want them, you want everything, you know, facing forward you don't want no turnout on the you know to the right or you know uh, out or in but you want everything forward so if they're you know if they're uh, portraying that they're cow hawks you want to kind of turn them in a little bit and hopefully that they will stay there some dogs are just naturally cow hawked and you just can't break them of that i mean that's just their structure but if you can just try to keep everything in line okay and when you say cow hop you're saying whenever you put their front feet down and they kind of turn to the outside of their body and their toes kind of spread apart is, is that i'm understanding that correctly that that's just turning out the cow hop part is the the rear end like the back feet so they're going to turn out that's cow hop the front feet they just turn out so yeah so you want to make sure that you turn them uh to where they're like facing forward like their feet their their toes everything's facing forward so yeah it's 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 a lot of work you know all the a lot of bits and pieces to it oh absolutely so whenever you get one on the bench and they and their feet are turning out are, are you literally grabbing their feet turn them and placing them every time they move them out um yes. you know to get yes. them back into putting it there so if you have yes. a dog that is really being aggravating and moving their feet around a lot you're you, 
you're just steady moving them. But this is only after you've got that head center, right? Yes. Everything revolves around the head. That That's like that's like your gold card there. The head is your gold card. you got to have that first because everything else will fall in place eventually. Okay. And you are showing just tree and walkers, correct? Yes, I, I have shown um, for people. I showed a blue tick. I showed a plot. I showed English. I don't like to admit that, but there are pictures out there, so I have to admit it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So when you said you're looking for color, obviously we all know a tree, what a tree and walker looks like, what a blue tick looks like, what an English yeah. looks like. Can you run through real quickly um, on each one of those that you've had experience with when you say I'm looking for the color, what, you, what you're looking for in that puppy? So like I like, this is just my personal preference. I like uh, a blaze. Sometimes I don't show a dog with blaze, but I like a, a beautiful blaze on their head. I like a ring um, or, uh, that comes up over their neck, and then the rest can be saddleback or, or um, just a solid black color on their back. But my ultimate is is the blaze and then the ring up over the neck, the white ring. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I, I know what you're saying there. Real briefly, if I'm brand new, I've been showing in some local shows and this is the year I'm going to go out and I'm going to hit some of these big shows, Autumn Oaks, Winter Classic, Tree and Walker Days, what, whatever, whatever it would be. What, what is something that someone can expect when they get there? What's, what's like the, what they can expect from the people, the judges, uh, you know, it, maybe it's a little lax, I guess is what I'm trying to get at it. So at the local show, obviously it's going to be more um, on point for the bigger shows, what, what are some of the things they can expect? So the first thing you're going to expect is, is nerves. Nerves is a big thing. Um, I know, you know, first show of the season, I always, my nerves are always getting to me. Um, my dog can feel it. Um, if I'm shaking, they're going to respond off of me. So you want to make sure you try to keep your 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 nerves in check. Um, another a big thing is noise. Like there's a lot of noise and dogs, you know, even if you think your dog's like completely ready to roll at a national level, it's it's so much for a dog to take in, especially if they've never experienced all the dogs, all the people, um, a lot of camaraderie. Like you'll see, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, people helping other um, competitors, like if they need a, you know, someone to show a dog for them, they hand them off to another competitor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great as you know, aspect of everything. But yeah, so if I have one thing as far as advice, just, you know, the nerves, just keep your nerves in check because that dog will feed off you so quick and it'll just like, you know, throw them off their game. Okay. So we've talked about different techniques with the dogs and and what to look for in a dog. As me, the handler, is there a way I need to be dressed? Is there a way I need to carry myself inside the ring? Are there certain things that a handler can do while practicing with their dog to get themselves ready. So, so some things that um, is another thing, like as far as just the bench. There's so there's also an aspect called gating. So you got to be prepared as far as gating. Um, that's that's a, another huge thing that that the the judges look at now. It's it's more uh, emphasis on the gate. So you want to try to get a a, a choke lead. Um, if if you go to the big events, you'll find somebody that's always selling um, a a choker um, and a, a show lead that's big. You don't have to, like you can use just like a regular collar or whatever, but to be a national level or any level, you know, you really want to work on that uh, chain link or the uh, at home and work them with treats and, and try to get them under control because that's, 
you know, you, you can't, you can't look at a dog and, you know, at their gait when they're moving. Um, if, if they're just kind of all over the place, you kind of want to just kind of keep them by your side and, you know, keep that not, not a tight, tight lead, but, you know, just kind of where they're under control. Um, so that's, that's another big thing is the ground movement. So, yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't think about that when we were talking about the bench stuff, because I've actually got a show lead, and I have a couple, a one or one, an older dog, you put it on her, and, you know, the choker and the show collar and all, and, and the show lead, and she does fine. But getting a puppy's used to that, it seems to be the challenge, because they, I don't know if it's because you, you move it up behind their ears, you know, yeah. way up on their head, they don't like that, but... It really seems to be, I guess, a repetition again to get them used to that. And there, and and actually, treating does really good too. So you just kind of try to just start working with them on the choker and just like, you know, just let it wherever it hangs, it hangs. But um, just you know, use use treat and just make them come to you, and then let them drag the lead behind them, and then eventually you can kind of pick it up, and and they'll just start following you as long as you have a treat in your hand. So works out well. Okay, so. Just put the show collar on them or the choker collar on them with the lead on it and just let them drag it around in the yard and kind of get used to it being on them. Yeah. Okay. So is there a way the handler is supposed to present themselves in the ring, the handler themselves? So at like a local show or state level show, you can wear like jeans or, you know, hoodie. Um, As far as uh, the national level, you know, you want to kind of dress up a little bit like khakis, um, a nice shirt like automotives of the world i always wear um like a pantsuit or really nice slacks um really nice shirt so i mean it just depends on on how you want to present yourself it doesn't really matter i mean we're coon hunters but um like automotives in the world are very near and dear to my heart so um i like to go that extra step to um to present um my dog better and it makes you know it makes everything just flow together you know if if you're looking nice you're feeling good so um that that's always been kind of my my theory yeah well i i know this is not dog showing but you know when i was younger in high school i showed hogs at a state (laughs) level and i know it's showing hogs but we still you know dress the part as a handler uh of that hog to Mm -hmm. you know look nice for the for the judge you know but and so that was kind of my thought with this is I've watched some YouTube videos. I've watched some big shows before and everybody seems to be, you know, dressed appropriately for, for that. So, um, is there any other tips that you could give us that would help us progress our hound on to that level of being ready to go to a local bench show? What are the things you look for before you put that dog in its first bench show? Yeah. So like going back when I first started showing, I literally went to Autumn Oaks my very first year and just like watched the national level handlers. And it helped me so much. I was so scared to even talk to national level handlers, but I watched them and kind of, kind of worked from there. And, and I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. And just, you know, watching them see how, the the challenges um of of moving the dog setting the dogs um having the the uh the judge go over your dog um and sometimes the judge asks you questions i mean is it's a lot to take in and just go be a spectator or go you know just just go ask somebody you know hey can you kind of teach me a few things um but yeah the biggest thing is asking and watching that's that's the biggest thing okay and then with your dog just get that head then the 
front feet yeah. and then the back feet. And then I guess, yeah. th- does the tail just come on its own or h- how do you work that, that part of the dog? So, so there's so what I call like a, a tail trick. So I take like a, like a hairbrush and I like take the tip and start uh, like brushing backwards on the tail on the, on the under, the underside of the tail. Some dogs, most dogs do not like it. But like I said, the more you do it, the the easier it will get for them to understand, you know, that it's okay that you're doing that to their tail because dogs don't like it. But um, but it doesn't take very long. And then naturally, if you stroke the hair backwards, they're going to and you kind of just smooth it up over their back. They'll eventually start holding it there. And then some dogs, they just you just have to hold it. They never do like carry the tail up over their back when when they're standing so okay yeah i have been told that about brushing the hair backwards before i didn't know if that was so or not but i obviously whoever told me that was telling me the truth <laughs> there was an old man t- told me that he's like i'm gonna show you a trick and i was probably 15 years old and he he showed me that i'm like wow that's that's awesome and i i still use it to this day yeah that's I, i've actually oh. used it and it, it works it works it do, definitely does work for sure well I think we've covered quite a few tips here. Is there a coon hunting story or a bench show story that is serious or funny that you could share with us before we close it out today? Um, I, I, I am a very serious person when I show, so I, I take my job very serious. But so one of the one of the shows is that that I love, like I said, is Autumn Oaks and the World. Those are my two favorite shows. And when I was a young girl starting out, my dream, my goal was to um, win National Grant in the World in the same year. And I did do that in 2003 with a with a dog named um, Hammer and Hank Honest Dave. He was a night champion and he also won duels that year. So that that show, those three shows have, have been always near and dear to my heart. But it was just amazing that, you know, setting that goal at, at 13 years old and then it finally came true in 2003. So that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I would say so. That's quite an accomplishment like i said i've i wanted to get you on here i know we've talked before and you were busy and i'm glad we was able to make this work because not only was i needing some tips but i'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that can gain some knowledge from this that will you know we, we need to grow this sport in my eyes in every aspect from the night hunt to the bench show and everything in between we need we need to work together to grow this sport and it seemed like when i was younger first getting into competition coon hunting, there was a divide there a little bit between at least where I was at between bench show and show and the night hunt. And I want to bring that together and I'm interested in it. I just got to work on my patience, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't have anything else to add or anybody you would like to thank uh, on here publicly, I, I think we've kind of covered everything that I can think of unless there's something else you, you want to add in there. Um, there's, so growing up, I had a few mentors, um, Lee Kearns, uh, Val Nelson, the late Jack Anderson, the late Lonnie Mears. Um, they all helped me throughout the years. Um, and I, I would love to pay it forward to some young person or, you know, someone just starting out. It doesn't matter. Please, please, please come and ask me because I am willing to work with anybody. You just got to come up and ask. I mean, I'm, I'm just a person too. So. Okay. Well, there you have it. If you're listening to this podcast and you see Natalie at a show, don't do it when she's in the middle of showing (laughs) or getting ready to go out there. But when you see her come off the ring give her a few minutes to catch her breath go go up and talk to her she's willing to help that's what we need from from every aspect of this sport that's what we need is people just like her that's willing to get out there and pass forward what she's been given 
you know, to her during her career of showing. So if you go to one of these big shows and you see her, tell her you you heard her here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, and mm-hmm. she'll be more than glad to get out there and help you. Just don't bother when she's getting ready to go in the ring. Please don't do that. I, just like she yeah. said, I can only imagine your 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 nerves before you uh, mm-hmm. get ready to go in there. Yeah, I, I have two kids that don't want nothing to do with hounds, and I have nobody to share my knowledge with. So please, please, please come and come come talk to me. Well, I really do appreciate you taking your time today to be on the podcast and share a tidbit of some tips and tricks that we can work on. And I'd love to have you back in the future. We can go in more depth of different things that we can do and just an update of where you're at and what shows you're going to be at and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you, Natalie. I really appreciate it. And if you don't have anything else, I think we'll sign off right here. And thank you for being on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Hey, guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. If you're thinking about swapping to a different dog feed, give my friends a look over at ExtremeDogFuel.com. They carry two different lines. They carry an Elite and a Professional. The Professional has corn, wheat, and soy in it. The Elite does not have corn, wheat, and soy. Go over to ExtremeDogFuel.com. See which line and which mixture is right for you. Find a retailer near you. If you're in the southwest Missouri, northwest Arkansas area, you can't find a retailer and you want to give it a shot, hit me up at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. I am a current dealer for Extreme Dog Fuel. I can get you price and I can get you dog feed. Again, go see my friends over at extremedogfuel.com. You won't be disappointed. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.